All right, Tim Blankenship again, Divorce661.com, Daily Perspective, episode 54 for this Tuesday, I believe, February 13th, 2024. Hope you guys are all doing well. I'm a legal document preparer specializing in amicable divorce in California, in case you're wondering. Uh, I do these videos to go over uh, cases we handled, issues clients are having, why they called me. Maybe you guys can learn a thing or two. I know I get both people who are going through divorce, uh, trying to do their own divorce, uh, looking for help, as well as other people in my profession also looking for help. I think I feel fortunate that we handle so many cases and for the last 12 years have a lot of experience doing this and still learning new things, still dealing with different courts, clerks, judges. Sometimes they do their own thing. So I always start with a, you know, obviously leave a comment. If you guys have questions, I'd be happy to answer those in future videos. Uh, always start with uh, a recap of the day and the week. And obviously at the end of the month, we do a monthly recap. But so far this week, four new divorce cases uh, throughout California, 22 new cases we filed so far this month. And we're only on the 13th. So we're trending for our 40 to slash 50 uh, cases a month. So that's looking on average. Uh, four judgments submitted to court for review today. So we did submit uh, three were e-filed and one was mailed in for the courts that have not established e-file for the judgments yet. I drafted three settlement agreements that I finalized and sent to clients for signature. On top of that, I had six consultations uh, for a variety of new cases and people that want me to take over their case. And we also had three approvals uh, from uh, divorce cases we submitted previously. Um, what I want to mention specifically was a 2022 Torrance LA County case that we took uh, over and got that approved or got that prepared uh, in just a few days. But the e-file system where it's normally like with downtown LA is only like same day, next day. I mean, third day, you know, three days at, uh, at the longest. But Torrance has traditionally been taking three to four weeks. We even had one five weeks, but this most recent one was three weeks for approval. So I don't know what's going down at Torrance. Do you think they'd be less busy than Central? But maybe Central has more clerks in the e-file system. Uh, maybe Torrance is shorthanded. I don't know what's going on. But the last couple Torrance cases we've taken, even though we e-filed, have taken several weeks to get approved. Um, I want to talk about a couple things now that we got the recap out of the way. Um, I want to talk about issues that one issues you can have when going through divorce, uh, where one spouse does not want the divorce. They're not hostile. They're it's not contested. They're not fighting and so forth. They just don't want the divorce. I had a couple consultations so far this week where that's come up, and I want to go over the issues that can that you can experience when your spouse doesn't want the divorce um, and uh, issues that this client was having over these consultations and the recommendation I gave on what I think he should do to try and get this to end amicably and not go sideways. And then right on top of that, I'm going to give five tips for an amicable divorce, things you can do, do before, during, and not after, just to, just before and during to have the best six chances of success for going through an amicable divorce. Okay, so let's start with issues when one spouse does not want the divorce. And let me kind of set up the scenario and kind of go right off today's consultation. Um, he'd already filed for divorce. They're still living together. They have minor children, house, you know, the whole the whole package. And uh, he had filed and had her served and a couple of weeks have gone by and nothing's transpired. He wants to move the case forward, but uh, wife is not engaging with him in the process. Every time he tries to bring it up, 
she tries to bring up how they should, you know, go to counseling and get, you know, try and work on the marriage. She does not want the divorce. This happens quite a bit. And the first thing I want to say on this, and I do, then I have five tips or five topics specifically I want to talk about, but I want to go over, like in my experience, what's happened when we've taken on cases where this has been the scenario is first off, I say, you know what, if she doesn't want to get the divorce, that can be worse than her actually fighting the divorce, meaning getting an attorney and engaging in the process. Because if he filed and served her, and this is what I explained in one sec, and she does nothing, she won't communicate, won't won't engage in discussions, won't talk about custody or support or selling the house. You're kind of at a stalemate at that point. And so I told him, you know, you obviously, and this is what happens when people who file for divorce and maybe the other spouse isn't on the same page immediately, like most of our amicable clients are, is they, um, they've already decided, they've already had six months, a year, five years decide to get to this point that they're ready to pull the trigger and file for divorce. This spouse who doesn't want this, it wants everything in the opposite of that. They work on the marriage, get counseling, you know, all the things in the opposite direction. So this, obviously they're at odds. On this, and when this happens, it can really cause an issue. And my advice to this gentleman and to everyone in the scenario is: give the other person the time that you have had to digest this and let it be. Let them absorb the fact that this is likely going to happen. You know, unless they have their way about it, which I'm not encouraging divorce. But if you get back together, great. But uh, give them time because to try and push the pedal down and move faster because you're ready and you want to get it done that could turn what would ordinarily be an amicable divorce into a contested divorce or just one that kind of gets nasty. And like I said, they had kids and they wanted to, you know, they'd have to co-parent and be in each other's lives for foreseeable future. I think they were all both under 10. So that is my goal when I'm talking to people is to tell them everything I can to keep them amicable. So my advice to him again was, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, if you will, and uh, give her time. Try and bring up, bring it up. Definitely don't bring in a third party, even a neutral third party like myself, because that's just going to um, instigate things a little bit. Oh, now, you know, people don't know the difference between me and an attorney, even though I'm a neutral third party and here to help. Uh, they may say, oh, who's this, you know, who's this person involved? Why am I getting uh, emails or messages from someone? It's not going to help things. I told him and they said, what about mediation? But mediation's not going to work. No one's she's not even want to talk to you about it. So um, she's not going to agree to mediations or sit down. And if she does, she's going to sit, sit down and cross your arms if you can even get her to show up. So what I recommend you do is just wait. Don't hire me. Don't hire an attorney yet. Don't hire a mediator. Just get out a piece of paper, a notepad, and and start and, and write down, since you guys can't communicate, you know, she doesn't want to hear it, write down what you're thinking. Write down your terms. Write down you know, what, you know, custody, joint legal and physically they're, you know, they're in, they're in amicable conditions. So no reason they need to have a crazy detailed parenting plan or fight over custody, joint legal and physical custody. We can discuss alimony and child support, whatever that, you know, whatever that might be. Uh, we got to divide up our stuff. He said, I just want to divide everything down the middle. See with that, that's a simple divorce, except for when one spouse doesn't want the divorce. So I said, just write it down on a piece of paper. You got to start the communication. Verbal communication is not working. Write it down. Leave it, you know, give it to her, hand it to her, let her, you know, give her a week to read it, bring it up again. You're going to, it's going to be a process. And, you know, some people don't want to go through that. Some people are just like, screw it. I'm going to get an attorney. I don't want to deal with this. And that's another route you can go. Uh, just know that that can stir the pot. And what I told them, just because you get an attorney, an attorney involved doesn't mean it's going to be a contested case. Doesn't mean it's going to be uh, ugly or you're going to fight. I said, if you go three or four months and you're going through this motion of trying to 
get her to engage and have discussions and nothing happens. I told him, you know what? You might probably have to get an attorney at that point just to have a little pressure point, if you will, because you're going to hire the attorney. And I told him, hiring an attorney that's not going to go, is not a killer. They're not going to say, hey, I'm going to get you full custody and get you, you know, all these things and, the, and then stir the pot. And the next thing you know, you do have a nasty divorce. Find someone who is of like mind and, and, and understands where your position is and that you just, you need an attorney because nothing's happening. And the first thing they're going to do, you're going to retain the attorney. She's already been filed. It's already been filed and served. The attorney is going to write a letter and say, uh, we've been, you know, we've been retained by your husband, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and we're looking forward to how, whatever's in their letter. doesn't matter. She's going to get a letter from a law firm and that's where things are going to be like, oh crap. Okay. I better do something. Maybe I need to get an attorney of my own. Maybe I need to file a response because one hasn't been, she hasn't even filed a response yet. So uh, I think that will help move them forward if they don't make any progress on their own. And so that was my suggestion. And let her know, hey, I'm going to hire an attorney, you know, still communicate. I think it's one of my, my tips for uh, an amicable divorce. Still communicate, hey, if, if we don't, you know, spend three months, I want the divorce. I know you don't. I want it to be amicable. I'm going to hire an attorney just so we can get this moving forward. But I just because I'm getting an attorney doesn't mean I want to. I still want exactly what we discussed in the terms and so forth. But the attorney can help push your divorce through the court. Because if the party doesn't, like if you engage my service, just to give you kind of a difference, I can take your money. That's exactly what I told him. But then I can't put you through the court system. I need you guys to both be amicable, cooperate, sign off and everything. And that's not going to happen. So if that keeps happening for a series of months, go get the attorney, have them send the letter. Maybe that's enough pressure for her to go shoot. I guess this is serious. Because right now, you know, when you file on your own, your spouse might be thinking, well, you just filed it. It's not, there's no attorney involved. He's not, you know, I looked it up. You can't finalize it without me or it'll be difficult at the least. So, um, maybe that's the way he goes. Maybe she comes around in three months and realizes, you know what? I get it. Let's just go work through divorce 661 and make it amicable, save some money and all that. But uh, yeah, that's my recommendation to him. So here's some additional five issues. I'm going to read my notes and then I'm going to go over. And some of this I probably already covered, so I'll try not to be repetitive. But issues when one spouse does not want the divorce. Number one, resistance to negotiation. Hello. The spouse who does not want the divorce may initially resist any discussions or negotiations about the terms of the divorce. This resistance can prolong the process and increase tension between the parties. So I talked about that. I don't want to go over it completely again, but she doesn't want to engage. She doesn't even want to have the conversation. Even when he brings it up, she kind of walks away and says, well, we need to work on our marriage and doesn't want to have hear anything about uh, the divorce. And it can, the part about what I said is it can increase tension because the tension is he wants it. She doesn't want it. And every time he brings it up, he's frustrated. Every time he brings every time he brings it up to her, he's frustrated. Every time he brings it up to her, she's frustrated. And next thing you know, if things get sideways, then you know now you're off to the races and you're you're having a nasty divorce. So what is the strategy? <clears throat> Encourage open dialogue and active listening to understand the concerns and fears of the reluctant spouse. Expressing empathy and validating their emotions can help build trust and create a more conducive environment for negotiation. I think the hardest part when two people want something is to listen because you're so focused on here's what I want him. I want the divorce her. I don't want the divorce him here. Let's talk terms her. Let's talk, let's talk repairing the marriage. So you're going to have to have those conversations you know, and you're going to have to take it to a point where there's just, like I said, if you don't finally meet in the middle somewhere or there's no meet in the middle, you're either getting divorced or you're not. 
So, but if you guys don't resolve this and do this amicably, the divorce is going to happen. Here's the thing for those of you who don't want the divorce, it's going to happen. I really, uh, and, and just to kind of digress a bit, when people, some of the consultations I have, people will call me and they'll say, Tim, I want, my wife or husband wants a divorce. So I'm reaching out. I don't want the divorce, but I'm not going to fight it. And I just want to know what we need to do to keep this amicable, keep the cost down. So for that, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that he or she wants the divorce, but if they don't love me, I guess I, I don't want to be married to them either. And that's a very, um, adult way of looking at this because on the other side of things, if you feel like you're the totally aggrieved spouse and you want to exact revenge on them for filing for divorce, it can go a whole nother direction. Part two, emotional turmoil. The unwilling spouse may experience intense emotions such as denial, anger, or sadness, making it challenging to engage in constructive conversations about the divorce. Very similar to reluctant to negotiate um, they don't even want to have the conversation I was saying. They just walked away. Um, they didn't want to have, you know, they're, they're, it didn't sound like they're having too much of an emotional response, but it seems like they, they were definitely in the denial uh, phase. And I should have done my research on what those phases of acceptance are. Like if when there's a death or something like denial, anger, I don't know the exact order, but I'm sure uh, as a, it's considered a loss, right? Divorce is going to be considered a loss. So you're going to go through whatever those three, four, five stages are. And maybe you finally get to the point of acceptance and then you can make rational decisions and make things amicable. So strategy, uh, that I wrote down on emotional turmoil is allow the reluctant spouse time. Huh? I already said that and space to proceed their emotions, to process their emotions, avoid rushing the process and instead demonstrate patience and understanding encourage the use of counseling or therapy to help them cope with the emotional impact of the divorce. So you don't need, um, you know, we talked about um, maybe they want to go to marriage counseling or therapy or whatnot. You can get individual therapy to address your issues independently of what you're going through when going through divorce. It doesn't need to be collective marriage counseling. It can be grief counseling, I suppose, for lack of a better word. But I know there's marriage like grief therapists and counselors and so forth. So if, while you're going through divorce, you could independently get some help on that side of things to help you come to terms with what's happening. Uh, I have a uh, resource page on my website at divorce661.com where I have interviewed probably 30 different therapists, counselors, coaches, et cetera. I'm sure there's someone there that could help you watch the videos there and there's a lot to be learned. Number three, financial concerns of a spouse who does not want the divorce. Fear of financial instability or loss of assets can be a significant concern for the spouse who does not want the divorce, leading them to resist any attempts to proceed with the process. What would a strategy be? Provide reassurance and transparency regarding financial matters. Consider involving a financial mediator or advisor to help address concerns and develop equitable solutions. Emphasize the benefits of reaching a mutual agreement settlement that prioritizes financial stability for both parties. So that goes back what I was saying goes back to what I was saying earlier about if she won't have the conversation verbally, put it in writing. Start the conversation and that reassurance and transparency of hey, joint legal and physical, like lay it out. Here's what I want. Look, I'm not going to take advantage of you. 50/50 on everything. We'll be fine. I say we sell the house or you stay you keep the house until the kids are grown and graduated from high school, and then we'll sell it and split the proceeds. We're not going to be in financial ruin. Create that reassurance. That was number three for issues that come up when spouses, when one spouse does not want the divorce. Number four, 
Custody and parenting issues, disagreement over custody, child custody and parenting arrangements can escalate conflict, especially if the reluctant spouse fears losing time with their children. Again, for no other reason. You know, I don't I don't think that you'd want to text this to your spouse. Maybe an email, but then you really don't know if it's been read per se. Put something in paper, you know, go old school. Don't even type it up. Handwrite it. Make it make it personal, not um, like this guy asked, what, what structure should I have? Should I have like a Word doc and title it something and break it down? I'm like, you could, but then it looks too formal. Like start soft. Like, you know, here, you know, and even like have an opening paragraph, like you're writing a letter, like, you know, I know you don't want the divorce, but here, you know, I, this is what I want. And I, I want everything to be fair. Like it doesn't have to be a whole breakdown. And in, in, in doing so, I, this is what I'm considering, but I'm open to, um, you know, I'm totally rambling here, but I'm open to uh, your your to your suggestions and let's work this out and make this as amicable as possible. So strategy to custody and parenting issues that can come up when one spouse doesn't want it. Prior, prioritize the well-being of the children. That's in all cases. Emphasize the importance of maintaining a positive co-parenting relationship. Explore alternative custody arrangements such as shared custody or nesting arrangements that address the concerns of both parties while ensuring the children's best interests are met. If you, when it comes to children, are using the, the, the best interest of the children equation for your decisions, that should take fighting over custody off the table. We don't deal with nasty folks who are one spouse trying to you know, take more custody simply to not pay child support and all this crazy stuff you hear, you know, with the courts and uh, TikTok and you know, divorce court and all that. We're not dealing with that here. That's why I have my um, consultations to kind of weed out the crazies. And we don't get too many because I think it make it pretty clear on my website that we only handle amicable, cooperative people trying to do right by the, each other the best they can and their children. And then number five, external pressure. Family members, friends, cultural factors may exert pressure on the reluctant spouse to resist the divorce, further complicating the situation. Um, strategy, foster an open communication and boundary uh, setting within the extended support network, encouraging the involvement of, of a neutral third party, such as mediators and counselors, who can provide unbiased guidance and help mitigate external influences. You know, I see this a lot um, where families get involved, where... You know, we have different levels of folks being amicable from 100%. They're both on the same page, same agreement, no emotion, nothing, all the way down to not where they're killing each other because then they're not a client of ours, but they they, they do have concerns. You know, the, uh, my mom said, my mother said this, or the dad's getting involved. We see this more culturally, I think, and I don't, I don't want to bring up specific cultures or religions um, and, and in any way, not negative, just that they have certain thoughts and morals and mores or, wh or whatever you want to call it, where they don't maybe agree with the divorce or the divorce. We don't do that in our culture. And so that can cause some issues. I'm dealing with one case right now where um, the wife, it, it, the parents are in town from out of country and they're kind of causing a little bit of an issue. Not for me to get involved with. I'm not mediating that. I'm not their attorney. I'm not giving them legal advice. I did their paperwork. They need to sign it and bring it back to me. But prior to that happening, they were in good condition to where they were in agreement. I drafted their paperwork, but now there's a little pushback from the wife because the parents are getting involved. So if you noticed, a lot of this has to do with communication. I talk a lot about communication um, from the very beginning. If you're thinking of using my service, communicate with your spouse. You're thinking about using my service. Let them look at my website. 
Um, you know, let's have a, a discussion together. I want, you know, and if you hire me and I, we haven't talked, if you we have a con, I always tell you before you hire me, make sure you tell your spouse. I don't want any shock and awe. I don't want them giving communication from me. They weren't expecting. Let them know in advance. Let them know who I am. Let them know who I'm not, that I'm not an attorney. I'm not here to take either one's side. I'm just here to do the paperwork. You guys are the boss. You guys call the shots. Um, so always talk to your spouse. More communication now than ever will help you um, in this process. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some overlap in my next subject, which is five tips for an amicable divorce. Guess what number one is? Open communication. <laughs> Encourage open and honest communication between both parties before, during, and after filing for divorce. This can help clarify each person's needs, concerns, and expectations leading to a smoother negotiation process. The, again, before, during, and after, before you ever pull the trigger and hire me or anyone, open communication. Now, if there's attorneys, you know, that's probably not going to be what, if it's, if you guys have a contested case or you guys are not amicable, not friends, not cooperative, it's kind of ugly. It's already starting off nasty. This isn't going to happen. Will communication help? Absolutely. But if it's that way, or you, you know, there's domestic violence or the threat of domestic violence or things like that, maybe open communication wouldn't be the recommendation, but keep in mind this, we're talking about folks who are amicable. Um, even if you had attorneys, I think communicating with your spouse, if you're able to, would help. Because imagine this, you tell your attorney the letter A, I, I want A for my spouse. They communicate that to uh, her, your spouse's attorney, and that becomes I want A minus. And by that time that message gets to your spouse, who you may even be living with, the, the, it may be I want B. You get what I'm saying? Like the message can change. How it was said can change. And so if you want to successfully negotiate your marriage or marriage, your divorce, even if you have attorneys, direct communication with your spouse, I don't see why that could be a bad thing. I could see why an unscrupulous attorney wouldn't want you guys to talk because that's more time you're telling your attorney who's telling her attorney who's telling her that they can bill you for. You get what I'm saying? Number two on a uh, tip for an amicable divorce, consider mediation or collaborative divorce or Tim. Explore alternative dispute resolution methods such as mediation or collaboration. Collaborative divorce. These approaches involve working with a neutral third party to facilitate discussions and reach agreements outside of court, which can often lead to more amicable outcomes. So that is me. That's what I do all day long. Um, I don't do alternative dispute resolution. I don't do mediation, but I do, do collaborative divorce. I am a neutral third party working for both of you, getting you through the process. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you the decisions to make. I can fill you in on the missing information. I can explain to you how spouse support works. I can explain to you your options for custody. I can explain to you your options on dividing your assets and debts and how it works with the court. But with me, whatever you want, you guys agree, you tell me. Don't worry about what you think the court's going to say or do or whatever. They're not going to get involved except to approve. I, tell me in raw in uh, in raw language, in plain English, Tim, we want this is what we want, the raw data. I will turn that into a settlement agreement that the court will accept. Don't worry about what the court's going to say. Where are we at? <coughs> Number three, third tip for an amicable divorce. Focus on inter interests, not positions. Encourage both parties to focus on their underlying interests rather than their initial positions. By understanding each other's motivation and priorities, it becomes easier to find mutually beneficial solutions that meet everyone's needs. Again, it comes back to communication, and it also is coming back to um, best interests of both of you, and a little bit, a little bit of negotiating and finding mutual 
and common ground, as opposed to, I want A and, you know, but I, and, and a spouse over here wants C, maybe you guys end up on B. It's not exactly what you, not ideal for either of you. And sometimes that's how you know you have a good agreement because if you get, are you getting everything you want, then maybe your spouse is not getting something they want and maybe that's not fair. So if you guys feel like it's a little give and take on both ends, you probably have a fair settlement. Number five tip for an amicable divorce, or is this four? Doesn't matter. Prioritize compromise. A, lot of, a little bit of overlap here. Emphasize the importance of compromise and flexibility throughout the divorce process. Recognize that both parties may need to make concessions in order to reach an agreement that are fair and sustainable for the long term. And I think long term uh, is a big point of this note. You know, I think people, you're in it, you're in the mix, you're in the, you're not in the fight. Someone referred to, I'm in a battle one of the, the um, consultations today. And then he said that they're going to reconcile. So I don't know what he meant. But um, it's not a battle. It shouldn't be a battle. It should be compromise. Um, it should be focused on interest. It should be collaborative divorce. It should be open communication, all these things that help. Number five, seek professional support. Recommend seeking support from divorce coaches, therapists, counselors who specialize in helping couples navigate the emotional and practical challenges of divorce. Having a neutral profession professional can provide Guidance and support, reducing conflict and promoting a more amicable resolution. Now, that can come in two forms or many forms, I should say. One, you're using a neutral mediator <clears throat> to help you guys get through the divorce. And I don't know that they will be uh, of a therapist mindset or a counselor mindset. In fact, maybe they don't want to be involved in that part at all. I wonder how they differentiate their role when they're mediating terms and specifics and settlement terms. And it goes into an emotional kind of roller coaster conversation, how they kind of bring people back on track. That's the part I don't do. I don't think you'd like me doing it. Uh, I don't think you'd like my uh, method, <laughs> um, but uh, that's why I don't do the mediated part, but there's that. And then the, there's also individual therapy as we're talking about. And does it be therapy? Like, you know, therapy has a, that, that sound to it, uh, therapy, just talking to someone, it could be a friend. It could be, uh, you know, down at the, at the, down at the wine store. And, um, do you guys have a glass of wine? Maybe that's your, your therapy or, or retail therapy. I, I've hear, heard is popular. Uh, in any event, I wanted to talk about these things, the, uh, issues that one spouse has issues you can have when one spouse doesn't want the divorce because it's come up a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to guide folks to, um, stay amicable. I want them to use my service. They're obviously going to get divorced. So if I can keep them amicable, even if it's, you know, we're not even, we're way out from even filing. Um, and they, they get to a point they file three months later. I prefer that them to wait than to pull the trigger and me trying to sell them on, Hey, yeah, hire me. Let's get their money and let's get it filed and have no, um, worry about or concern of how they, if they even end up amicable to begin with. Hope you enjoyed episode 54 of The Daily Perspective, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Again, get your comments in, and I will answer them on future recordings. Have a great day. Talk to you on Wednesday.